Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. God this morning? Amen. I'm excited to be in God's house. Hallelujah. I spent about a month being inundated with allergies and everything else and coughing my head off and didn't want to be around anybody because I was afraid everybody would think I had the Rona and Thank God that's calmed down some. I'm still having a fight every once in a while with a cough, but hallelujah. I'm just thankful to, to get to be in the house of God today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, you want to turn there, let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 1. <coughs> Nice short verse this morning for our text. Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 1. I'm reading in the King James Version. It says, The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and Carmi, and Hur, and Shobal. How in the world are you going to get a message out of that? Just hang on. We're going to. We're going to enjoy ourselves this morning, amen? amen? Hallelujah. Miss Shannon picked some great songs this morning, didn't she? Yeah. Amen? amen? Hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. Ever be. Your, word, your praise will ever be on my lips. And that last one. For I've lived in the goodness of God. The title of my message this morning is What Praise Produces. So we read our, our, our verse, and I'll go ahead and read it again. You know, it's so short I can read it again to you. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 1 in the King James says, The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Carmi, and Hur, and Shobal. Excuse me a minute. Thought that thing was turned off already. <laughs> Hallelujah. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and Carmi, and Hur, and Shobal. You know, as I look at the church world today and, and, and see the attitudes that a lot of people have, you know, I, I, I'm amazed by the attitudes that they've, they've adopted. It blows my mind how folks will come to the house of God week after week, and leave the same way that they came in. You know, it's mind-boggling how, how they treat the church like they treat their job. They come in, they put in their time, they leave, and they complain about everything that went on. And don't ever want to have any input into how to change the situation for the better. 
You know, it seems like you would get tired of the same old things. You know, we ought to get tired of living from day to day without joy, without peace, without happiness in our life. We ought to get tired of being down and out. We ought to get tired of just going through the motions. We ought to get tired of going under. We ought to get tired of going backwards. Man, you ought to be tired of coming in here week after week and leaving the same way that you came. Leaving with the same problems. Leaving with the same heartaches. Leaving with the same heartbreaks. Leaving with the same old letdowns. Leaving with the same setbacks. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being down and out. The Lord wants to lift us up. I'm tired of being the tail and not the head. God wants us blessed. I'm tired of being defeated and not the overcomer. Let me tell you that part of the problem is how we respond to what life brings us. How it treats you. You know, life brings things our way and and how we respond to what's going on determines how our life is going to be. Part of our problem is our reaction to life. Part of our problem is we won't praise God despite the situation that we're in. We all know the saying, when the praises go up, What's the rest of it? The blessings come down? But do we really know and understand it? Praise can cause walls to fall. Just ask Joshua. They've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, and finally God brings them to the place where he says, you're getting ready to cross over. And when you cross over, I want you to go in and I want you to possess the land that I've gave you. Every place that your foot treads, it's yours. You just got to go possess it. Go take it. It's yours. They cross the river and the first place they come to is Jericho. Walls so wide that you can race chariots on top of it. I don't know about you, but I might get a little bit discouraged if I walked up to that. That That's my first challenge. That fortified city. But God had a plan. You know what God told them to do? He said, you take the musicians and you take the singers and you put them in front. And you march around the city one time a day for six days. And be quiet and don't say a word and be silent as you go. So can you imagine what the people of Jericho were seeing? They're seeing this several million people come across. And seeing them line up and they march around their city. Once, the next day they march around again. Six days, they march around, they don't say a word, they're silent in their marching. A little bit of fear and intimidation had to be building up inside the people in Jericho. 
Because on the seventh day, they marched around it. And, and I'm sure there were some people in Jericho who were like, oh, they're moving again. They go around one time and they'll stop again. But they went around once and they didn't stop. And they went around again and they didn't stop. And the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth time they went around. And I'm sure the people inside of Jericho were saying, what's going on? Something different. Every, every day this week they went around one time and they've stopped. There's something happening today. But the seventh time they went around and when they got to the end uh, of that seventh time around, the Lord told Joshua, he said, when you march around the seventh time, at the end of that seventh time around, shout, for I've given you the city. Can you imagine the sound of several million people shouting all at the same time? The Word of God says that the walls fell down flat. Now, if they were wide enough to chase, race chariots on top, for them to fall down flat, the earth would have to open up and swallow the walls. Because the Bible says each one of them marched straight up in front of them and they went in and possessed the city. So praise can cause walls to fall, just ask Joshua. Praise can stop the fury of fire, just ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king built a golden idol and told everybody, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, when you hear the sound of music, you fall down and you worship this golden idol. Well, the music played and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood there. And the king says, I'm going to give you another chance because I like you. When you hear the sound of the music, said you fall down and you worship give you another chance. Like I said, I like you boys. You do good work for me. I like you. I, I, I want to give you another chance. But the music plays again and they stand there. And they basically tell him, King, we love you. We respect you. We work for you. We do the things that you ask us to do, but we can't bow down to you. There's only one that we bow down to. And the king got mad and he said, heat the furnace up seven times hotter than it's ever been heated up. Take them, bind them up, and throw them in. The fire was so hot that the men who were throwing them in died. And the king gets up and he walks over and he sees, he asked his confidant that's standing there next to him, said, didn't we throw three men bound in the fire? Yes, we did, King. So I see four. They're loose. They're walking around. The fire does them no hurt. And I see a fourth one that looks like the Son of God. Because they wouldn't bow down and worship the King, the one that they did worship joined them in the fire. Praise stops the fury of fire. Praise can quench the appetite of a lion. That's Daniel. 
Daniel refused to stop praying and praising God. The king had some men said, you know, king, sign, sign an edict and make a proclamation that nobody can request anything of any God or any man except for you for 30 days. They did that because they didn't like Daniel and they wanted to get rid of Daniel. So you know what happened the first day that after he declared the edict? Daniel got up in the morning at his prayer time and he opened the windows and he faced toward Jerusalem and he prayed to God. At midday when it was time for him to pray, he opened the windows, he faced Jerusalem and he prayed again. He prayed and he gave God worship and praise and, and opened his mouth to give God glory. But he refused to do it, so he got thrown in the lion's den. The next morning, the king comes, and he has them say, okay, roll away the stone away from the, from the, from the den of the lions. And he says, oh, Daniel, was your God able to deliver you? Daniel cries back, O king, live forever. King, I honor you. I didn't like what you did to me, but I honor you. You're the king. Live forever. My God has shut the lion's mouth. God will shut the mouths that are roaring against you. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that there's power in praise. You'll understand me when I tell you this, that praise is saturated with productive power. True praise has the intent and the inclination to be a powerful producer in your life. Well, how in the world is praise a producer and what does our text have anything to do with this? Let me show you. The text tells us that Judah had some sons. We'll read it again. The sons of Judah, Pharez, Hezron, Carmi, and Hur, and Shobal. The name Judah means praise. But if you notice in this verse, there isn't any mention of a mother. Nowhere in that verse does it mention their mother. There's a father, there's a producer present. But no mention of the mother, the carrier, the one with the womb. Sounds like the situation in a lot of churches today. Judah, praise, shows up. In the worship service, and he's looking for a partner. He's looking for somebody that's going to carry the seed that it's ready to plant. But he can't find one. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Judah isn't just looking for anybody. Some people are not attractive to Judah because their heart's not exactly right. Their motives aren't right. Their intentions aren't right. That's why it seems like folks aren't growing 
in the kingdom principles that God is trying to get instilled in their life. And that's why I'm going to be plain for a minute. We don't have any kids in here. Everybody adults. Church is boring to people because they refuse to hook up with Judah and consummate their relationship with him. The devil's beating people down because they refuse to hook up with Judah and consummate their relationship with him. The enemy's wreaking havoc in people's life because they refuse to hook up with Judah and consummate their relationship with him. Because when you and Judah hook up, things get produced. What gets produced? Judah had five sons. The first one's name was Perez. The name Perez means a breach, a cutoff, and a divider. So when we praise God, he begins to cut off some things. He begins to cut away some things in our life that hinder us from going forward and making progress in him. Perez creates a dividing line. He draws a line in the sand between you and what the enemy has destined for your life. You know what the word says? The enemy comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. John 10.10. If Jesus' intention is for you to have life more abundantly, then that's the reason to praise him right there. Because when you and Judah hook up and out comes a Perez, a breach, a cutoff, a, a divider, and Perez begins to cut off the plans and the tactics of the enemy that he's trying to use against you. So every time he tries to derail you from the plan of God in your life, Perez throws him off course. Every time he tries to remind you of your past failures, Perez steps in and reminds him of his future consequence. Every time he tries to block you from reaching your full potential in God, your Perez will step in and cut off his onslaught at the very point of contact. When you hook up with Judah, it'll produce a Perez in your life. Second son, Hezron. Hezron means to shut in, to surround, to shield. So when you hook up with Judah, it'll produce a shield. Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. Well, what's the standard that the Lord will raise up against it? It's the Word of God that you have hidden in your life. When the enemy comes in, the Holy Ghost will begin to pull inside of you and he'll grab that Word and he'll pull it up and then you can say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Whatever it is that you need at that time, the Holy Ghost will pull it up and, and bring it out in you. So he'll, the Lord will lift up that standard, that shield, that buffer, that safeguard against the enemy. Psalms 91 
He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We get in praise before God. God will begin to draw us in. The Word of God says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. How do you draw nigh to him? You, you study his word. You pray. You praise. And as you do that, God begins to draw you in. He begins, like the word says, to cover you with his feathers. Hezron will block all the fiery darts of the enemy. Take unto you the shield of faith. Wherewith you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Ephesians 6.16. Hezron can shield you so that you don't even see the darts coming at you. If you're in praise, if you're worshiping God, if you're seeking God's face and what you're going on, a lot of times you're not even going to see what the enemy is trying to do to you. You're so caught up in your praise that no one, nothing else around you matters. True praise will create such a shield, such a Hezron, that hell and havoc can be on your doorstep and you don't know it. It ain't going to affect you. Your praise can take you to another place. It can take you into deep recesses of God. It can take you into the Shekinah glory of God. Take you into His presence. Your, your praise can take you into the Holy of Holies. Into the very presence of God. When you hook up with Judah praise, it produces a Perez, a divider. It produces a Hezron, a shield. And it'll also produce a Carmi, a vine dresser, a harvester. And so you got to understand that there's a difference between a farmer and a vine dresser or a harvester. A farmer harvests his own crops. He plants them. He, plow, he plows the field, he plants them, he weeds them, he, he takes care of them, he sprays them. And when it's time to harvest, he harvests. But a vine dresser doesn't do any of that. The only thing he does is harvest. He comes in, takes care of the vines when the grapes are ready, and he begins to harvest and pull off the grapes that are ready and, and, and fix the vines so that the grapes that are still on there will produce more. He gets it ready. A harvester harvests that that he didn't plant. Not only that, he doesn't do it when he gets ready, but he has to do it when the harvester's ready. You got to understand that the harvest comes in its own season. You don't just harvest whenever you want to. You got to wait for the harvest to get right. Has to be done in its own season. When you hook up with Judah, you can produce a karma. Because of your praise, if we'll praise, if we'll do the things that God wants us to do, if we'll praise, God will put us in a season of harvest. He'll allow us to inherit some things that maybe we don't deserve. He gives us a little thing called grace. Another word for grace is favor. So through your praise, God will come blessings that you don't even deserve to come your way.
A lot of times we can't tell the difference in our seasons. We don't know where we're at. And God wants us to stop looking at our seasons and try and figure out where we're at and just trust him, praise him, look to him, seek his face. He'll provide everything that we need. A lot of times we're trying to figure, figure out where we're at in our seasons and God's trying to tell us you're already there. When we hook up with Judah, praise will produce a carmine vine dresser. People begin to look at you and say, how did you do that? Well, how come you got such and so? How come you're walking in that place? Well, how come your household is It's not because we've, of what we've done or who we are. It's simply because our praise produced a karma. And karma will cause folks to look at you funny. It'll cause folks to treat you funny. It'll cause people to talk about you. It'll cause people to ask all kinds of crazy questions. We got to understand when we hook up with Judah, praise, karma is produced, blessings come forth. People begin to trip over the favor that God has in your life. But that's okay, just let them trip. Let them go nuts. Why? Heard a lot of different preachers say it favor ain't fair. When we hook up with Judah praise, it'll produce a, a Perez, that divider, Hezron, that shield, Carmine, that vine dresser. It'll produce a her, H-U-R. Her means liberty. Everybody knows who her is, him and Aaron, whenever the Israelites were in a battle with Amalek, as long as Moses held his rod up, held his hands up, Israel was winning the battle. But Moses was old, so what happened? He got tired. When his hands would start coming down, Israel would start losing. So Aaron and Hur took Moses up on top of a hill and they put a big rock there and they sat Moses down and Aaron stood on one side and Hur stood on the other and they held up Moses' hands until the victory came. When we hook up with Judah, it'll produce a Hur. It'll bring liberty into our life. And the thing about that is Hur will make us free from the opinions of others. We won't care what other people think about us when we have the liberty of the Lord in our life. Her will free us from the past. It doesn't matter what's gone on in our life before. What matters is what God is doing right now and the things he's called us to do and the places that he's called us to walk in the future. Her frees us from the pain of the past. It doesn't matter what anybody has done to you in the past, what anybody has said about you, the things that have been taken away from you. It doesn't matter because her frees you from those things. And you got to understand this. Nothing in life is free except salvation. And the Bible says that whom the Son set free is free indeed. John 8, 26. 
But so when we hook up with Judah, praise, it, it'll produce a her. It'll produce liberty. But understand that that liberty that her gives you isn't free. Sometimes even in the middle of your praise, you've got to fight to get free. Sometimes you've got to fight to get free from distraction. Sometimes you've got to fight to get free from disruption. Sometimes you've got to fight to get free from disappointment. I guarantee people will disappoint you if you put too much confidence in them. We get our feelings hurt by people. And the reason we get our feelings hurt by people is because we're reaching out like this. I, oh, I need affirmation from this person. I need this person to love me. I need this person to do this. When what we ought to be doing is reaching up like this. Because when we've got God's affirmation, when we've got God's love, when we've got God's attention, nobody else matters. That's why praise and worship is so important in the life of a believer. Understand this, praise is a weapon. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. How do we get surrounded by him? We get surrounded by him by entering into praise with him because the word of God says that God inhabits the praise of his people. You want to walk in the cloud of God's glory? Praise him. Lift him up. Give him praise. Give him honor. Praise is our weapon. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I've got a question for you. When's the last time you grabbed flesh and blood? I got news for you. You try and grab me, we might have a tussle. Yeah. Oh, brother, oh, you got to turn the other cheek? Nope. Not unless you're persecuting me for my Christian walk. Then I turn the other cheek. You try and turn my cheek for me, we're going to have a problem. you got to understand. But when's the last time you, you tried to grab flesh and blood? Our battle's not with flesh and blood. When's the last time you tried to kick a principality? When's the last time you punched spiritual wickedness in high places? Doesn't work like that. Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for four things. Pulling down strongholds, Casting down imaginations, casting down every high thing that exalts, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Praise is a weapon to get us through the hell and the havoc that the enemy tries to bring our way. It's through our encounter with praise that we're able to produce a her. We're able to produce the liberty that frees us from bondage.
You better learn how to praise God in the middle of your adversity. You better learn how to praise God in the middle of your trials and tribulations. You better learn how to praise Him through hell and havoc that's trying to penetrate your life. You better learn how to praise Him through sickness and through pain. Why? Because when you hook up with Judah, when you hook up with praise, it produces a Perez, that divider. It produces Hezron, that shield. produces Carmi, that vine dresser. It produces her. It produces liberty. But he had five sons. Yes, he did. His fifth son's name was Shobal. Means embracer of corn. Well, that sounds weird. But it also means wanderer, traveler, and pioneer. So Shobal has several meanings. The first one is the embracer of corn. You know, in, in those days, there wasn't a lot of money. Corn was currency. It was always a system of bartering and trading, and corn was used by the wealthy as a form of currency. When we hook up with Judah praise and produce a showball, God will use new ways to make us wealthy. Not always money. God will make us prosperous. God will use showball to bring us into the position to start that business. God will use showball to bring us into the position to go forward in ministry. When I came here 10 years ago, I, I had already quit. I had already determined I'm not going to minister. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to come in and I'm going to go to church. I'm going to find me a church and I'm going to go in. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to sit on the pew and I'm going to worship when I come to church. And when church is over, I'm going to go home. God had different plans. There's an old saying, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. But God will take you in that place to, to take you forward in ministry. God will use showball to bring you into a position to be the, all that God has called you to be. But not only does it mean embracer of corn, but showball also means wanderer, traveler, pioneer. When we hook up with Judah, when we hook up with praise and produce showball, we'll find ourselves going to places that we've never been before. Not only will he do it, but he'll do it in ways that other people don't understand. Well, how in the world did that happen? How in the world did they get that position? When we hook up with you to praise and produce a showball, doors begin to open for us that nobody can close. When we hook up with Judah, when we hook up with praise and produce a showball, we'll begin to take on the attitude of Joshua. Joshua 1, verses 2 through 7, I'll paraphrase here for just a few things. But the Lord is telling us just like he did Joshua. 
Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. You know what Jordan represents? Jordan represents anything that's kept you from walking in the place that God intends for you to walk. They had come up to the Jordan River six days out of Egypt. That's what a lot of historians and people say. The journey from Egypt to the Jordan River when they were standing there before they sent the spies in was six days. Or they could have made it in six days. But you heard Pastor tell the story last week how they sent the spies out and they came back and said, we can't do it. We, you know, It's not going to happen. So a journey of six days took them 40 years. That Jordan River kept them from going in and possessing what God had for them. We told them, so, so we got to learn to cross that thing that is keeping us from walking where God intends for us to walk. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, and every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given it to you. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. God wants you to walk in and he wants you to possess things. Make your boundaries personal. God, I want my family saved. God, I'm walking it. This is what I want. When they came in to possess the land, Caleb had already had his eye on a mountain. Whenever they got there, he said, you know, what do you want? He said, I want that mountain. Guess what? Old man Caleb got his mountain. When we hook up with praise and produce a, a, a showball, I, me, myself, personally, you know, I realized that the people who were against me couldn't stop what God had for me. says in that scripture, no man shall be able to stand before me all the days of my life. As he was with Moses, so will he be with me. He'll not leave me nor forsake me. Because I hooked up with Judah and produced a showball, I can be strong and be of good courage. For this people I shall be able to divide as an inheritance the land that he swore to our fathers to give us. I can be strong and very courageous. I can observe to do all the law that I was commanded. I can walk where God wants me to walk. I can do the things that God has called me to do. When I, because when I hook up with Judah, when I hook up with praise and produced a showball, and I didn't turn from the right hand or, or, or the left, I prosper wherever I go. Through all this, I'm just trying to tell you some things. There is power in your praise. I dare you to praise God in the middle of your circumstances. I dare you to praise God in the middle of confusion. I dare you to praise God in the middle of your crisis. 
Everybody got problems. I don't know about you, but I've got to praise him because he's almighty. I've got to praise him because he's blessed me. I've got to praise him because he cares for me, because he delivered me. I've got to praise him because he erased the penalty for my sin. He went to the cross and he died that death so that I could be free. So that I could know the sonship of God. So that I could be a brother to Christ. I got to praise him because he forgave me. I got to praise him because he gave me eternal life. I got to praise him because he heard my cry. I got to praise him because he justified me. I got to praise him because he's kept me. We got to praise him because he loves me. And I don't know about you, but I know that a lot of times I'm unlovable. Just ask my wife. Sometimes I'm a grumpy old man. She go to take a picture and she'll tell me, "Stop looking grumpy. Smile." I am smiling. Smile bigger. But I've got to praise him because of his mercy. Because of his mercy, I don't get the things that I deserve. Because of his grace, I get the things that I don't deserve. But I've got to praise him because he's never left me. I've got to praise him because he's opened doors for me. I've got to praise him because he's paid the price for me. He thought that I was worth it. He thought that going to the cross, if nobody else, he thought I was worth it. I've got to praise him because he redeemed me. He saved and sanctified me. What do you mean sanctified? It means set apart. He sanctified me. I'm different. I don't fit in anymore. The people I used to hang around with and I used to run around with, I don't fit in with that crowd anymore. I've got to praise him because he took my place at Calvary. I've got to praise him because of his undying love for me. I've got to praise him because he gave me victory. I can get up and I can walk in victory every day knowing that Jesus Christ paid the price so that I can be a son of God. We have to learn to take our place as sons of God. To walk and to do and to say the things that God has called us to do. <clears throat> I figured something out. I figured out how to get 
to stay out of trouble with my mouth. If I just do what Jesus did. Jesus said, I only say the things that my father tells me to say. My opinion does not matter. What does God say about it? God's done so very much for me. I know he's done a lot for you too. But I don't think you understand just where I would be if it hadn't been for Jesus. I was a mess. I was a wreck. But Jesus came in and he saved me. He began to clean me up. You know, where a lot of people mess up is they think that they've got to get cleaned up before they come to God. I got news for you. You don't have to clean up. God loves you and God accepts you just the way you are. People out on Facebook, God loves you. God accepts you just the way you are. You don't have to clean up one little bit to come to God. But know this and and be positive about it. When you come to him and you make him Lord of your life and you begin to allow him to work in you and to to minister to your heart, you ain't going to stay the same way you were. You're going to begin to make changes and then down the road you're going to be like, how in the world did I live without Jesus? So I don't think that you understand where you would be without Jesus. we got to learn to walk in praise. we got to learn to allow his praise to be continually on our lips. Well, what are you talking about, Brother Darrell? You, you expect me to be in praise and worship at all times? No. But I knew a minister several years ago. And if he wasn't doing anything, if he was just sitting, and he didn't know you were in the room, you'd hear him every once in a while. Praise God. That'd be it. A few minutes later, there might be, hallelujah. The praise of God was continually on that man's mouth. Powerhouse preacher. You did not want him to lay hands on you because he was a bricklayer. And I've got pretty good sized hands. But his hands would make twice mine. And that man hauling block and packing brick and doing everything all day long he had some power in his hands and sometimes whenever he would lay hands on you he would forget that sometimes you didn't know if it was the power of God laying them in the floor it was just him laying his hand on their head but we got to learn to praise God We've got to learn to allow his praise to continually be on our mouth, 
in our heart, in our lives. We got to continue to allow God to work in us, to change us. Hallelujah. Judah had some sons. Fares, Hezron, Karma, Her, and Shobal. Get hooked up with Judah. Get connected to Judah. Get connected to praise and let these sons come alive in your life. Let them begin to work in your life. Let them begin to make changes in your life. Walk in the liberty that God has called you to walk in. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Facebook family, for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Join us Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, for Facebook Live. God bless you. We love you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.